Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word podcast. We hope you're doing well. We appreciate everyone that is listening and has listened, and um, we are blessed to have you involved with our podcast and our Bible studies. Today, we're going to finish part two of uh, the message I began Sunday morning entitled um, At the Cross. I think you'll enjoy that. I uh, want to, again, welcome you to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through um, Family Fellowship Chapel's Messaging. We want to welcome all of those of you that are joining us also through Lift Him Higher Radio. I pray that you are enjoying the Bible studies and enjoying the ministry, and if you get a moment Uh, contact us through one of our means. Well, let's get into the Sunday night message. I'll be back with you at the conclusion. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sunday night, 6 p.m. Bible study. It's good to have you. We're going to move forward tonight and conclude our look into what happened at the cross. And, uh, uh, I want to continue to share that with you and finish that with you today and next week we will look at um, what went on uh, after the cross, what needs to go on after the cross. So I uh, welcome you and uh, good to see Sharon and welcome all of those of you that will come on tonight, listen to us later in the week. Those that will uh, download this on uh, Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word podcast. Um, So we want to welcome your comments um, to this Facebook messaging page, Family Fellowship Chapel. Uh, We want to welcome you uh, to comment in MikeSpringstonMinistry.com, Springston56 at gmail.com, or through Family Fellowship Chapel. Uh, ffcma.org's website. So uh, if you have any comments, questions, want to share, uh, any encouraging word, we'd love to hear from you. So we welcome all of those of you that are coming on. Charles, uh, good to see you. And we're going to uh, finish up tonight on At the Cross. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God says to us. And then let us plight our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. We ask you tonight to sanctify us. We yield and surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus, we ask you, as the man in the Godhead, to speak directly to us. Let us hear it, deliver it, reveal it. We'll receive it and release it to your people. Bless us, I pray, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, Lord, and our God. Amen and amen. Well, I don't know whether you heard just a second ago, but uh, KK has shown up. Uh, She is a regular on the 6 p.m. Bible study. And um, she has given me a big meow to let me know to tell everybody, hey, from KK. Let's look tonight at our text from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5 and Romans chapter 5 and 8. And the Lord directed their, uh, your, may the Lord and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God 
and into the patient waiting for Christ. Romans 5 and 8, But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now I close this morning's service with a statement um, that um, we have returned to somewhat of a legalistic relationship to God and with God. Under this concept, when we see the cross, we don't see the extension of the love of God for the idea of meeting the need for our forgiveness from sin and subsequently that forgiveness, that love extended, creating and producing a mutual love relationship. Now what we think is that God, because of His love is resolved, to handle everything for us due to His abiding love. The cross was the culmination of His desire for Jesus to show us who the Father was and how He was operating to mankind. This was completed after Jesus had shown them that the Father through Him, the Father operating through Him would heal, deliver, feed, and minister Teach it every need as it was presented. When we see Jesus speak on this subject, He said these words from Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, what does that exactly mean? Well, it was the Spirit of His Father that was being expressed by His actions. All of His actions were stimulated by the character of His Father. Well, we know that character. We identified that. That character is that God is love. That's who He is. So when we read what Jesus did in word and in deed, we see that the love of God was the driving force for each and every action, and the cross was no different. The completing of the work upon the cross identified the sharing forth of who the Father was and how much the Father loved and was giving love not only to the Jew but to the Gentile. Look at the scripture in 418. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So what impact then would the gospel seem to be having upon the poor? Well, they would no longer be in the poverty of loneliness, depression, oppression, and the captivity that was upon them would be expelled by experiencing the love of God. Well, that's what it means, that they wouldn't be poor anymore. They would experience the love of God. We would be able to individually experience the love of God. So how can one be poor when he knows that he's loved by God. Therein is a problem in our world today. We have not expressed the love of God appropriately. 
In a world where love and the love of God has been expressed in the words of the Word of God, the life of Jesus Christ, the deeds and acts of Jesus Christ, the behaviors of Jesus Christ, and the cross, we've misfired on understanding what the love of God does. How can a man be oppressed, depressed, downhearted when he knows and has the love of God? When the peace of God is keeping his mind, when the peace of God, and that, that is the love of God, is coming through to him, is in him, is working out of him, and his soul is being ministered to by the love of God. Well, who is that love? Who impersonated that love? It was Jesus Christ. He is the one who is trying to speak the love of God to us. Well, how about the impact to the brokenhearted? Well, there's no reason to experience the crushing blows of failure, fear, and doubt when you recognize that you are wrapped and engaged in the loving arms of Jesus. What is it that the devil is trying to tell everybody that he comes against? Well, where is God? Where is the love of God? Why can't you feel the love of God? How come you feel so lost and lonely and poor, downhearted and defeated? That's because we have never understood that when we look at the cross, we see the love of God commended unto us. Paul said that he would, that the love of God would be directed into our lives so that we could wait patiently on Christ. The love of God, the healing power of God, the deeds and behaviors that Jesus exposed that the Father would do. There's no doubt that whenever we understand that love, everything in our world comes into the picture of calmness. How does this affect those that are in captivity? The captive can only be held captive by the physical thing when he lives in the love of God. I've often wondered how those that have the physical malady that seems to carry on forever, how in the world they can maintain the consistent flow of life. Now I understand the love of God. The love of God is greater than your physical self. The love of God is greater than how you feel. Get in and find the love of God. Find Him in His core character of which He is trying to show you through the cross. My friend, and there is nothing in the physical world that holds you captive that will not be broken by the spirit of love, that your soul cannot think on the love of God and envision what he did to show you that love on Calvary's tree, and that you cannot say, I have no reason to be held captive. My spirit man is free. Therefore, I can live under the influence and impact of love. That love can bring me the calm assurance of the full riches of God. Now the boundaries of the flesh are not boundaries at all. 
when the soul is free to experience the purity and completeness of love. I've often wondered how those could be so consistent whenever they're imprisoned. I read an article the other day about a Christian man who was imprisoned, how God had sustained him. Someone said, well, did he not have his struggles? Yes, but he found the love of God. And when the love of God became clear, present, and apparent to him, all of a sudden his surroundings became less captive. He had freedom in his soul. Oh, we can have it too. How do we get it? The love of God. What if you're blinded by the circumstances or situations in which you're in? Well, the love of God, of course, then becomes the only answer for those who are caught in the things that take hold of their environment. They're blinded because they can't see the love of God in their environment. Now, this love will operate to give you a vision into what is real and what is real love and what that real love can do for you if you will accept it. Then what's the impact of love upon those who are bleeding in places we can't see? Oh, we see that all the time. They're bleeding over things that we cannot know. And it often is being expressed through behaviors that we don't understand. We don't understand why children sometimes act out. We don't understand why those that are so deeply loved in our family become alcoholics or drug addicts. We don't understand why those we love become domestic batterers. We don't understand why those we love are, who are bleeding inside because of something that they're lacking. And they're living out and acting out in a world in ways that, that we just can't understand. Well, the missing ingredient is they have never been shown never understood, never received the love of God that was exposed and expressed in the cross. Well, natural love will not deter those that are acting out. They won't deter those that are bleeding. If they would, well, we would have already loved them into a new life, but it won't. Natural love will not stop those faulty behaviors. The love of God is the only answer. It will change you. Ask me how I know. Because that's what he did for me. I'm a living witness of how the love of God impacts and influences a man. And changes his demeanor, his thoughts, his actions. It changes everything that he wants to do, every place that he wants to go. The love of God. It all came because of what Jesus did for us in acting out the love of God so that sin could be stopped. So that the love of God could be directed to us and so that we could see it on display. Now I want you to look at a few things. I want you to look at the demoniac and tell me that the love of God does not work. I want you to look at the child thrown into the fire and tell me the love of God doesn't work. Look at the woman with the issue of blood and tell me the love of God doesn't work. Look at the woman at the well caught in all of her activities in the flesh and tell me the love of God doesn't work. Now you would say to me, Mike, but of course Jesus was the one. And does it really qualify in the now Something that we read in the Bible that Jesus did? Well, we would have that to question 
if Jesus ever said He did it on His own. We would have that to question if Jesus ever said that He did it by His own methods. Then we would be able to say, of course, that was Jesus. He, he knew things and did things of which we are not privileged. These deeds must be outside the realm then of our grasp, if that were true. But it is not so. Jesus simply operated from what He saw and what He heard. What did He see? From what direction was He operating? He was operating under the same love that was offered to you and me at the cross. Now that sets everything in a completely new light. Because we want to say, well, Jesus did this and Jesus did that and it was for Jesus' day. Well, that would be true. Except for one very, very major thing. Jesus simply operated out of what He saw the Father do. The Father has simply commended His love towards us. The Father has given us the same love He gave Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, He said, because you've loved Me, who was sent by the Father, my Father will love you. Glory to God. So the things that Jesus did, Jesus did not do on His own. He did because love directed His path. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach, to tell the world, to declare that if you're poor, you don't have to be poor anymore. If you're captive, you don't have to be captive anymore. If you're blind, you don't have to be blind anymore. If you're not free, you don't have to live in the lack of freedom anymore. Why? Because the love of God is being expressed and exposed in every action, in every deed that I do. And it will be exposed further in a methodology of which you can not only see, but believe upon. And when you do, that belief will bring you a new life, a new eternal life, a lack of condemnation, the freedom from poverty, the deliverance from captive, captivity, the freedom from bondage, the freedom from blindness, the freedom from any lack of liberty, of which this world may place. How did it happen, Mike? How do I do it? It's already been done for you. It's already been extended to you. It's the love of God that came out of the cross. Wow. All oh, the scripture leads us to this concept. But we followed the ideas and teaching of people and men who have bent the word of God and the word of truth to make it something that is easily accessible and easily acceptable, that has no boundaries and no limits, that causes no commitment. We've made it so that we can say we know God while we're allowed to live in sin and do evil. While we're being told that all is well, the love of God is a transforming love. It's a transcending love. It's a love of restoration. It's a love of reconciliation. It's a love where a God and a man come together to forge a union. And that union allows that man to experience the love of God and to give that love back 
to God. Oh, what a beautiful picture the cross is. God's love is capable. God's love is liberating. God's love is building and bringing freedom. God's love makes us accessible. All of this is true, but it does not and is not a standalone operation. The acceptable year of the Lord is developed because of something that you were told. What was it? That the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of love, is upon me. Now, if you accept that love, you can be free from the bondage and captivity, the blindness and the poverty that sin brings into your life. You can be free from it. You can live in a place where love is your encourager, where love is your accomplisher, where love is the enduring fact that brings you into communication, relationship, communion, and union with God. What a place to be. All of that happened because of the cross. We've been led to believe that we can accept that love and now everything else remains to be done by God. My friend, I'm here to tell you, God extended himself to us. It is up to man to extend himself back to God. In John 3, Jesus was talking about this. He says to Nicodemus, now here's the problem. I can't get to the heavenly part because I can't get you out of the flesh. I can't get you away from the fleshly part. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus in John 3, I came down with a divine decree. I am the one who will be lifted up. I am the one of whom if man believes upon me and what I do and the extension of my love, they can have eternal life. Now, looking at what happened on the cross, it's essential that we understand where we go with the born again life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In this scripture, we see a vital point of the divine plan of God. What is it, Mike? God is love. This is the foundation of the spiritual work that is completed by the cross. It's from this perspective that God gave Jesus simply because he was extending love to man. In his love, he gave a legal sacrifice to cancel sin and the bondage that was caused by the fall. Man, by believing in the love of God and what he desired to accomplish with the sacrifice, could have their transgressions, iniquities, lost peace, all healed, both physically and spiritually. All of this is a product of God's love. All of it was extended at the cross. Now man has to believe in the love of God and accept what Jesus did, then receive the act of love that's been extended by his presence upon the cross. This love offering the belief of anyone upon what it represents and accomplishes blocks out any handwriting of ordinances that says you are under the bondage of sin. Now what is the prerequisite for that? What is the prerequisite for accepting the love of God and the sacrifice upon which God placed the cup on the cross? Well, the prerequisite of that is that you must believe. What does believing involve? It believes you. It, it, a belief means that you are able to begin to live a transformed life 
operating under the love of God. I want to ask you, when the woman with the issue of blood was healed, was her life transformed? When the woman at the well was told about all of her life, was her life transformed? When the little widow of Nain's son who was dead was raised, was his life transformed? When Jesus said to Peter on three occasions, Peter, do you love me? Was his life transformed? Were things changed? When the demoniac of Gadara was delivered, was his life transformed? Yes. How did it all happen? Because the love of God was extended and believed upon and accepted and then their life was transformed. And the transformation brought about the expression of their faith, their servitude, and their love of God. That's what the cross is trying to bring to you. This love offering and the belief of anyone upon what it represents and accomplishes. Because you have believed. Because you have been changed, because you are being developed and transformed away from milk and into the maturity of the Word of God, blots out any handwriting, any sin, any bondage, you are free. What made you that way? The love of God. What keeps you that way? Your loving God. Love provided the sacrifice. Love provided the character of the man of grace to fulfill the plan. Love provided the Holy Spirit to reprove or convict and convince people of the truth of what was accomplished on the cross. Love provided the gift of faith to believe so that we could be saved. Love provided the elimination of condemnation of which a believer could walk. Love provided the peace relationship that comes from the freedom of forgiveness. Love produced the agreement in the inner man that allowed the spirit of man to come into balance with the spirit of believer. This love produced the rebirth of the spirit that is in man, what a dynamic work it was, all completed by the love of God. Man's past is forgotten and can never be traced against him again. Man is placed into a position of righteousness because of the love of God. All of this produced the truth of eternal life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but, through the, but that the world through him might be saved. The goal of this love is that all men might find the love of God. That all men might believe upon the love of God and build a relationship of mutual love between God and that man and receive the love of God based on the sacrifice provided. Now my friend, this is what the cross has done. It's exposed how God thinks towards your need. We required a sacrifice and God sent His Son for that purpose. We required His love to be performed in such a way as to become available so that He could overcome, that love could overcome our deficit, our fall. This is what happened at the cross from the heavenly perspective. Jesus knew that Nicodemus was incapable of understanding it. Unfortunately, so many today are incapable of seeing the cross for the purpose of which it operated in the divine plan of God. Friend, it exposes His love, His gift, His plan for covering, His plan for entrance into the spirit of man, and His divine ability for man to start fresh in the spirit world. 
This is a place of redemption. This is a place where a man would be purchased with the price of a legal sacrifice. It's a place of restoration. My friend, it continues today to be the place where the love of God can be found in forgiveness. So, for man, it is the place where the love of God is expressed and found. In so doing, forgiveness is forged by the work of a sacrifice. Now, here's my final statement for tonight. Now what? Now that we have found the love of God, now that we have believed on the love of God, now that we are building a mutual love relationship of becoming a child of a loving dear Papa Daddy, now what? Not a superficial mental ascent into saying, yes, I believe there is a God. Not that. But the development of a love relationship between you and your Heavenly Father. That has been expressed and exposed in the life and deeds of Jesus Christ. That God loves you. God cares about you. You can be free because of his love. Now what? Now what? We're going to show you the now what next Sunday. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Minister to your people. As we have exposed the love of God... May we receive the love of God. May we see the love of God. May we enter into the love of God. And find the beauty, the graciousness, the mercy, the long-suffering, the kindness, the faith in the glory of God that is presented to us because of your character, which is your love. We thank you for all of that. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, that was part two of At the Cross. Next week, we're going to be uh, uh, speaking on what happens beyond the cross. And um, I know you will enjoy that because that's going to tell you about what uh, is expected out of the believer beyond the cross. So um, I pray that you will continue to pray for us. We remember you in prayer and pray for all of those of you that are enjoying our ministry. I want to tell you in leaving you today that if we find Jesus Christ as high priest, Lord, and God, we'll not only be able to minister to him, but we'll be able to cast every care on his lordship. And then we will be able to hear from the throne room of God the direct instructions that Jesus Christ speaks through the Holy Spirit directly into your life that leads you and guides you, reproves you, encourages you, gives you words to say at the moment you need them, and shows you things to come. May God bless you until we speak again.